You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Rachel Adams, Managing Editor. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Welcome to the Healthy Insider Podcast. My name is Rachel Adams, I'm Managing Editor of Natural Products Insider, and today I have on the phone Dr. Michael Smith, who is the Director of Education and Spokesperson at Life Extension. Hello, Dr. Mike, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you could join us today. Uh, Dr. Mike presented at UNPA's annual retreat, and that's the United Natural Products Alliance. Uh, their annual retreat in May in Charleston, and he talked about the role of artificial intelligence um, in human longevity studies um, and kind of how that works into the whole product development landscape. And it was really engaging uh, presentation, really interesting insight, and we're going to dive in today into some of that, that, that insight around artificial intelligence um, and, and how this is actually applied, which I think is so interesting because we hear a lot about artificial intelligence, we hear a lot about machine learning, but I feel like we don't hear as much about the application side of it. So this is um, very interesting, and I'm excited to get into some questions. Awesome. So I'd, <laughs> I'd like to start with some context around uh, human longevity studies, because I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Mike, this is kind of where uh, Life Extension has really applied artificial intelligence. But I'd like right. to talk a little bit, if you could, provide some context around what the challenges or the limitations of these specific studies are and why this is important um, to life extension and what, and what your products are. Yeah. Well, I mean, so we are a longevity company, right? We are, Our mission has been the same since 1981, which is to expand the healthy human lifespan, right? Um, not, and not not just years, but good years, right? Healthy, mm -hmm. you know, you know, energy and vitality and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but th there's, there's a problem in all that. It's, it's hard to study it. It's hard to take, say, a nutrient like, uh, let's say resveratrol. I think most people have heard of that, right? You know, it's from red wine mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be good for you, help you live longer. But to really study that, you would have to get a whole bunch of people and they would have to, uh, be willing to be in this study for decades, right? Because we're looking at human mm. longevity. Um, there would have to be numerous different measurements you would make every single year for decades. Things like biomarkers of aging, cholesterol, you know, stuff like that, right? I mean, you're talking about lots of people requiring a lot of tests over a very long period of time and it's just you can't do it. It's way too expensive, um, and right. it, it becomes it becomes very limiting. I actually have a number. Um, the, this is an estimate uh, based on the types of testing that we would have to undergo in these types of longevity studies, these types of physical exams and clinical tests that people would have to go through again multiple times a year for many decades um, the total number that the, the cost the estimate for a true longevity study for one nutrient like resveratrol just one nutrient would be you're talking around 375 billion dollars for 50 years Ugh. of work 
I, yeah, wow. yeah uh, that's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you do that? I mean, I mean, it's just, and, and so, yeah, it's, it's very limiting. Um, and, and so that's why when it comes to longevity research, what you see aren't human studies, you see animal models. Right. Right. Um, you, you take worms and flies and white mice, you know, and even dogs now are being studied, you know, things that are animals that are similar in physiology mm-hmm. to, to us humans, but don't have the, the, the long lifespan. So instead of a 50-year human study, it becomes a 10-year dog study. Um, right. And that's fine. We can learn stuff from that. But at the end of the day, any any conclusion that we have in a, in a dog or mouse study – um, and I extrapolate that over to to humans. It's just that it's an extrapolation. It's not an actual study. It's still not raw data. I'm looking at. Um, I'm trying to fit the animal model into the human model as best I can. But things break down there, and we're never we can never be totally conclusive. So that so that's where we're at in longevity research is how do we actually take something like resveratrol? Um, mm-hmm. and, and and thousands of other nutrients that potentially could help us live healthier longer. How do we actually study this then and show in good preclinical and clinical research that these do work and add X amount of years? How do we actually do that? And that's where artificial intelligence, I think, is going to play a major role. So can you talk a little bit about how, because Life Extension is already using artificial intelligence to help in this area. Can you talk a little bit about the role of artificial intelligence in relation to these, these limitations that you just discussed? Sure. So, uh, so Life Extension is um, or has launched a, a line of products called Gero Protectors. Uh, that's just mm-hmm. a fancy phrase for age protectors. All right. And our the products that we've launched so far, there's two of them. We did formulate based on artificial intelligence, but we didn't go as far as everything I just discussed, like uh, taking it to that next level with you know true clinical research, true data showing us how many years these products could actually add. What we did is we formulated products based on uh, artificial intelligence analysis of, of key nutrients that modify or influence aging pathways in the best way. Um, so we have a lot of confidence in these products. We verified the results of these products, but we're still not at that level where we're using the artificial intelligence um, in, in clinical research to actually figure out how many years these products could actually add add to your life. We have some ideas, but that's kind of like the, the next level. Um, where we're at in all of this research, even if you just for a second forget artificial intelligence, forget all that, our understanding right now of, of how and why we age is extremely limited. Um, and, and when I say that, I, I, most of the researchers that are, are looking into the how and why we age are really focusing on an individual cell. It could be a liver cell, a heart cell, a brain cell, whatever it is. And it's asking ourselves, why does that cell age? Why does it begin to make mistakes? Why does it begin to function at a a level that's not optimal? What's going on inside the cell? What pathways are being activated or not activated as that cell gets older and older? And and there's so much we're still learning just at that cell level. Um, We've identified, I want to say now it's it's thousands, it's if if not tens of thousands of aging pathways. Some of them are pro-aging, some of them are anti-aging. 
And these pathways, they don't work in a vacuum, right? You have thousands of pathways determining how a cell ages, all working together and being influenced not just by the cell itself, but also by the environment around the cell. So we were like, how do we even figure this out? Like, where do we even begin? We're, we barely understand an individual pathway. And now we're having to, to analyze thousands of pathways and how they influence the health and age of a cell. So this is where we used artificial intelligence ultimately. We were able to input um, what we might call into the computer system, what we might call parent aging pathways. These are pathways that we understand. Mm -hmm. We know the results of these pathways, even how they interact a little bit. Maybe, and I'm talking like maybe a hundred, right? That, that's about it. That's about all we understand. But we were able to feed this into an artificial intelligent computer system that was able then to look at these pathways we understand and start to lay out how other pathways might behave based on the patterns that the artificial intelligence was able to analyze and, and output um, from, from that initial input that we did with those pathways. So, so we put into the system a few pathways and then the system was able to analyze thousand more pathways and create um, what the scientists called a, uh, I don't know what, I, I don't know, I kind of know why they called this, but they called it a, a pathway cloud where, where all, th this computer was able to tell us, here's how all of these thousands of pathways interact together to influence the health and age of a cell based on just a few that we inputted. And then we were able to throw in nutrients. All right, so now that we know that cloud, what if I throw resveratrol into that? And we know resveratrol, for instance, can activate sirtuin genes, which are anti-aging genes. So we're able to put that into the system, and then the computer is able to analyze it at a deep level. That's why it's called deep learning, and tell us, well, resveratrol does this to these pathways. It does this to you know, these anti-aging pathways. So the net result is resveratrol increases the, uh, the health and decreases the age of the cell by 30 days. So we're able to get to that level of information and to understand now, well, we definitely want resveratrol in a product then because, because it's right. able to influence all of that pathway cloud in a positive way. Now, I know that was a lot of information right there, and here's, <laughs> here's, here's why I said all that. Because at the end of the day, do you know how long it would have taken me as a scientist to figure out how resveratrol affected that pathway cloud? Like if I only used um, my brain, what do you think? Um, $375 billion worth. Yeah, right. and, and, and I probably would have messed it up. <laughs> I probably would have got it wrong. That's the whole point of this. The artificial intelligence is decreasing the amount of time it is taking us to understand cellular aging, um, literally from what would have taken us decades to figure out, and it's bringing it all down within months. And it's not just resveratrol. It's all these other nutrients that have been identified to influence aging of a cell. We are able to throw into the system hundreds of different nutrients and out comes this information about how all these different nutrients and different combinations are helping a cell live longer and and function at an optimal level longer and that's ultimately what we want so what this has done is it's allowed life extension to come up with a couple of products that have nutrients in it based on all of this artificial analysis 
Um, and, and what would have taken us another 20, 30 years to come up with these two products, we did it within a couple of years of using the artificial intelligence. Right. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, it's, 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 it is. It is crazy. It is. It's, yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, it really is. Um, and so I have a couple of questions here, kind of just from all that information. So I think the first one um, I want to start with is kind of talking about the different types of artificial intelligence that you use in that process. And you discussed them, but I, uh, so I know that machine learning is one part of it, but then you also mentioned mm -hmm. that deep learning. Um, yeah. Can you talk a little bit about those two different types of artificial intelligence and kind of what the relevance is there? Yeah, so machine learning um, has, first of all, been around for a long time, like since like the 1950s. And, and, and basically what machine learning is, is you can train a computer to recognize what a dog looks like. You know, I could, I could mm -hmm. feed into the computer a bunch of pictures of dogs right? And the computer can figure out, okay, I know what a dog looks like now. So then when I input a picture of a dog, the computer say, yeah, that's a dog. Or if I input a picture of a frog, it says, no, that's not a dog. So machine learning mm -hmm. is very linear in that sense, right? It's, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it's not really analyzing, it's just looking at the pattern. And that's, that's what's important. That's the important word there is that machine learning is able to look at patterns and from those patterns make a best guest estimate that I'm looking at a dog or I'm not looking at a dog, okay? It's mm -hmm. just a best guess based on patterns. And, and um, there, is, there is, in this application that we did, there is a certain amount of machine learning that goes on. Um, when we input the aging pathways into the system, the first thing the computer does is machine learning. It looks for patterns. It, it, looks, mm -hmm. for, it looks for things that it can recognize as pro-aging and it looks for things that it can recognize as anti-aging and it kind of stores that away um, in its system. And, and, and so there is that idea of pattern recognition that then is going to be applied in a deeper analysis and that's really where the true AI technology comes in. It's known as deep learning. This is now where um, when something is in input into the system, the machine learning can categorize it based on those patterns, and then it can take it to the next level and say, okay, well, what does this really mean um, in, in, the, in the environment of X or Y, or, or if, I, if I turn up the temperature or drop the pH, how is that going to be influenced? That's the deep learning um, application of it, and that's where you really truly um, get, the, get the intelligence, right? That's really where um, an analysis is being done um, and then from that analysis, you get an output that says, yeah, resveratrol does this, and it's probably pretty good to take um, if, if you're looking to live longer. So the, the process involves both machine learning to d develop the patterns, and then it has the deep algorithm, the, the, the deep learning to actually analyze that and make a true mm -hmm. decision about whether we should use a, a nutrient or not. The analogy is like your nervous system. And that's how a lot of um, people present it. It's how I, I present it. Um, you know, we all have nerves that are um, sensory nerves, right, that can pick up heat or cold or whatever from the environment, right? And the first thing that happens is kind of like machine learning in your brain. You touch something that's hot, and the first thing your brain does is it recognizes the pattern hot, and it categorizes <laughs> as what you're touching as hot. Now, the next level, the deeper, deeper level, which involves more neurons and more connections in your brain is, okay, is it so hot that I need to move my hand? 
And is that the appropriate outcome? Or is it a good hot that's actually calming my nerves and it it feels good and it's helping my muscles? That's the deep analysis um, that that allows you then to make a true decision. It turns out, ow, that's really hot. Move your hand. So even your own brain kind of compartmentalizes it like that. First, what's the pattern? Hot. And then the deeper analysis, well, what kind of hot and what do I need to do? Do I need to move my hand? That is so that your brain works in the same way, and these computers are set up in that same type of flow. Right. That's such a good analogy, um, and that kind of makes me see, in my mind, I'm seeing that you know it's giving you something that you can take action on. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I mean, I could extend it to the, if it's okay, like the, the, res, the resveratrol is a great example. Um, you can put resveratrol into the system, and the system recognizes it based on, some input it already had that, oh, resveratrol probably has this potential of being anti-aging. So it goes into that that pattern or that category, and then it takes it to that next level and says, okay, well, how is it really influencing all these pathways to extend the health of the cell? And then that's your outcome. And then sure enough, it resveratrol it has been proven in this system to be a very good geroprotector. Um, and so it works in that same way. What's the pattern? Anti-aging, pro-aging, then how is it affecting that pathway cloud I mentioned, and what is your outcome? And so keeping with that example of resveratrol, um, do you, is this technology, it, could you take an output like that and apply that into a product and feel confident that, that you're, you're good to go? That, or, or is there more research needed? I guess that's my next question is what's next? Yeah, well, there's always a what, what's next, right? <laughs> science, science is always, I always tell you, science is always evolving. If, if you ever come across any doctor or scientist who says, that's it, I have all the information, I'm done, get away from that person. <laughs> that's not how it works. There's always that need for the next step. So um, first of all, just because the computer tells us that resveratrol would make a good Jared protector, I'm not necessarily, I have confidence in that output, um, but I'm going to verify that myself first, and that's what we did at Life Extension. Um, when all of these different Jira protectors were, um, were in the output, um, we actually went to the lab and confirmed what the computer told us these nutrients are doing. So we, we had a verification process, and I think that's, that's bringing the human element back in, and I think that's, mm-hmm. that's critical. But remember, right now, we're not looking at this in terms of human years, the clinical data. We're simply looking at this at the cellular level. The next step, mm. ultimately, after verification is, what does this look like then in a, in a human model? And how can artificial intelligence help us make those predictions without having to do a $375 billion clinical trial. And that's, that is the next step, is the utilization of the, the preclinical data that we have now and turning that into clinical information. And instead of maybe doing a 50-year study based on the computer analysis, maybe it becomes only a decade-long study in a certain age group that then gives us enough to extrapolate a, 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 um, a, a certain amount of years that resveratrol would expand the healthy lifespan. So that is the next step. And is that something that Life Extension is currently implementing, or is that kind of like you, like you said, on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we it's it's both. I mean, we we aren't when you say implementing, we're no, we're not at. We're still trying to figure out what's the best way to utilize artificial intelligence in clinical scenarios. And we're not mm-hmm. the only company. You got pharmaceutical companies that are interested in that. I mean, think about it. If you can use AI 
um, to, to help you decide the right dose to begin a clinical trial with, whether it's even worth mm-hmm. it with that drug or nutrient, what, what the uh, – what the risk-benefit ratio is going to be. If you can already have all that stuff at the get-go, you'll, you'll know whether you should go on and study something. You'll save a lot of right. time and money and even and keep people safe, right? So right. The, the industry itself is, is, is at the verge of taking this to the clinical application. It's not there yet, but we are preparing for that. Well, Dr. Mike, this has been extremely insightful. I really appreciate you joining the podcast today and talking to us. Sure, it's been fantastic. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.